0: Welcome to the Radically Christian Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Wes McAdams. Here we have one goal learn to love like Jesus. I want to begin today by reading from Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. Today, we're going to talk with Kyle and Leah Beard about adoption and what they've learned about God and about the gospel because of their experience with adoption. I hope that you enjoy this conversation, and as always, I hope this conversation helps all of us learn to love like Jesus. Kyle and Leah Beard, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Kyle has probably been on the podcast before, but I'm confident this is Leah's first time, so I'm excited to have the entire Beard team. Well, not the entire Beard team, but uh, the the mom and dad of the Beard Mm -hmm. team. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Well, why don't we start by just having y'all introduce yourselves and tell us about yourselves and your kids and introduce us to who are the Beards?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm Kyle Beard. Uh, I have the privilege of, privilege of working with Wes uh, at the Church of Christ on McDermott Road, working with middle school and high school students. Um, and uh, I have to say it, I'm from California, so that's usually part of my first introduction. Uh, but they you always have people. to get that in there. I always have to, it, it's just, that's just who I am. Um, and yeah, I, I've been, we've been married to Leah. I've been married to Leah, um, for 14 years. Uh, we have three beautiful girls and I'll let you tell more about you. I want to everything.
2: Well, I'm Leah, uh, his wife and his redeeming factor because I am a Texan. Uh, Texan American so you're welcome. Got him here as quick as I could. Uh, yeah so been married 14 years which just does not seem possible because I'm way too young to have been married that long. Uh, and we have three kids. Grace who is 13, Eden who is 6, and Adeline who is 4. So we are busy.
0: <laughs> no doubt. Well, thank you guys for what you do and thank you for having this conversation today. I'm really excited for people to not only hear your story, but also to see how it ties into theology and how we think about God. So let's talk about your adoption experiences and kind of get to know that story and, and how that all came about. Okay.
2: Go
1: ahead.
2: Um, well, what brought us to adoption isn't always the funnest part of any story, Um it, it was a lot of heartbreak. Um, it was a fertility issue. Uh, we have secondary unexplained infertility. Um, so we were blessed with grace. She is our biological daughter. Um, she was actually a surprise. Um, blessed surprise. But we're very thankful um, for her. But then when we decided to grow our family, um, it just, it, you know, we weren't able to successfully get pregnant and carry a child full term. Um, so just through a journey of tears and struggle, and um, God brought us to adoption, mm-hmm. uh, and that's how He finished our family for us. Was just through um, that means. Um, I'm to add to that.
1: We we both have uh, people in our families that have adopted children or are adopted themselves. And so it's something that we always wanted to do. Um, I felt like it was something that was just what we were going to do a little bit later on in our lives, but things change, as Leah said. So uh, we got to do it sooner and and have the blessing of that. So um, Grace, again, is our biological child. And then Eden and Addie are also our children, but we've adopted them uh, two different ways, actually. Um, and so I'm uh, going to tell a little bit about Eden's Sure. So
2: um, just because of our journey and where we were, we chose private adoption with Eden. Um, And so essentially what that looks like is you go through the process of, you know, background checks and your home study and you get put on a waiting list. And then um, when a birth mom decides she would like to place her child up for adoption, um, you are then selected by that birth mom. Um, and you meet and you have a mutual agreement of becoming a family for this child, a team together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually got to be at the hospital when Eden was born, which yep. was roller coaster of emotions, um, but just a very, very cool experience, um, just to see such selfless love. Sorry, mm-hmm. I might get emotional a few times, but that's cause it's an emotional story. Um, and so that, that was how we got Eden, her birth mom chose us. And then Addie um, came to us through the foster care system. Um, so just very different route. Um, and two different places in our life that led us to those two different processes. With, with Eden, um, my heart was vulnerable and not in a place where foster care was something I felt I could handle. Um, because foster care reunification um, with the biological family is the the first goal um, and I was looking we were looking to grow our family we wanted to be the parents and to raise a child so we wanted a birth mom to choose us um, and to go that route and then with Addie um, because of the graciousness of God and the healing that had taken place and our Eyes open to the world of adoption and just seeing that need, um, we were in a place where we were ready for unification to be the goal uh, and to be that family however that looked, whether temporary or permanent.
0: I imagine that, I, I mean, I can't even really begin to imagine what the, as you said, the roller coaster of emotions in different ways with both of those situations. And I remember when y'all were fostering Addie and, and hoping to adopt her. I mean, talk about that for just a second, if you will, just that sort of multiple priorities and and desires and and hopes you know you you on the one hand i i can't imagine how attached you get from day 1 to this beautiful wonderful human being who has come into your life and and but then ultimately you want what's best for them and then you know on the one hand you think well that may be being with their biological family, but that may not be what's best for them. And then you want them to continue to be part of your family. So talk through the emotions of of fostering with with the possibility of adoption.
1: Yeah, so we, you know, we felt the desire and felt the calling to to foster and with the intent to adopt, but something that they talked uh, about with us um, with all of the people that were in our kind of our our class of people uh, fostering was that you probably aren't going to be able to adopt the first child that you have in your home just statistically it's not uh, uh, very high Um, but we want you to love every child that's in your home and and we were definitely willing to do that and so it was it was a roller coaster in that you know um, we were able to provide some some respite uh, which we can uh, get into a little bit more later but respite uh, for some families that needed some help and so we had some kids in our home that um, again we didn't know very well but we knew that they needed some some love and care and, and uh, positive environment so we provided that um, and then when we, when we got Addie, um it was during the summertime and and you know it was kind of a, a I mean an unexpected call it was you know after midnight when they said hey we've got a baby that needs a home will you take care of her and we said sure so um but just the idea of taking care of of a child loving on a child that you may not have for very long at all um it, it can be very scary because you have to find the balance of you you want to invest in that child you want to care for them and i think the bible talks about how you know uh, obviously we need to, to care for orphans and widows and, and different things and people that need um uh, care and love and support that they're not getting at home, and, and you do it for how long as you can, and then you move on to the next person um, if they end up being taken away. And you know we're thankful that Addie was not taken away, and, and appreciate um, everyone who helped us with that. But yeah, it was it was a roller coaster, definitely. Um, even after having her for um, uh, two years, three years, um, we finally were able to adopt her. I guess she was just over two years old. That roller coaster too of of trying to get that uh, finalized was was uh, yeah just wild. But
2: um, for me, my experience with Eden and the relationship I have with her birth mom, I felt like really prepared me um, for loving Addie's birth mom. Um, I love Eden's birth mom. I I do I with all my heart. And so when we got Addie, it felt so natural for me to love her birth mom and to want her to have the best life possible. So I remember one of the first things I did as a lady from church, um, did newborn photos of Addie. And I created a photo album and gave them to Addie's birth mom. And, and she did have two visits. Um, so it was just coming from this place of, of love and realizing she was not my child i was loving her i was caring for her but this this was her child and her life was broken and my life's been broken at times you know and we all deserve that chance of of redemption Mm -hmm. um so initially that was kind of what my mindset and what got me through and i prayed fervently for this birth mom and just that she would experience um, renewal of her life Um, and then as time went on um, it became clear that her choices were not leading to that reunification and that redemption Um, but then you also have to then go through the process of well, are there family members that could, you know, outside of the mom and dad unit that could care for this child. And then beyond that, friends of the family. And so going through all of that, um, that was a little harder because I hadn't experienced outside of this little bubble that I had with Eden with birth mom and us and that relationship. Um, And so when we went beyond that, that was when a lot of surrender for me had to happen. And a lot of just telling God, okay, she's yours, you love her more than I do, which is mind blowing because at that point, I'm, I'm head over hills for this little human that I'm raising and kissing and rocking to sleep, and, um, but I knew God loved her and wanted her to be where she needed to be, whether that was with me or someone else, and so just a daily, constant surrender
0: of your will. Wow. That's awesome. And what a great, what a great word. And I think on both, I I like the way that you talked about the relationship with, with Eden's mom and, and even the, the selfless love that she had in doing what she did and making the decision yeah. that she made. So there was surrender there, and then there was surrender on your part to accept God's will, whatever that might be. You guys have already kind of hinted at this a little bit, but when you think about this experience with both of the girls and you think about adoption in general, are there any particular scriptures that come to your mind and, and why those scriptures and, and how do they shape your thinking on this?
2: Um, We talked about that a lot. And I actually, I should have brought it out. But um, while waiting on Eden, I kept a prayer board. And it was just like a trifold science board. You know, that you do science fair. Stuff. Anyways. Um, and I would set it in her room and just write and pray and just pour my heart out. Because it was so many emotions and so much hurt and healing all happening intertwined, at, you know, at the same time. Um, for me, the best way to cope with and, and move forward was to write it down and just put it up and display it and pray over it. Um, but with her, I was looking up the board last night and just going over everything I'd written. It was so much of wait on the Lord because my faith had brought me to the point where from a small child I knew, I'm a mother, like God created me with just this nurturing heart I knew I was just i'd like he I'm created to be a mother I knew that, and I know that God is good and his promises are good, so I felt such assurance that he was going to fulfill this innate desire in me I just had to wait and see what that was going to look like, and that's hard mm-hmm. because I had this idea of I'm going to get married. I'm going to have babies. I'm going to grow them in my belly and feel them kick and go through birth. You know, all these things that you dream about and think about. um, But just laying all that down. And anyway, so for me, it was Psalms 27, 14. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Um, Because I think a lot of times fear wants to take over and handicap you from stepping out of your plan and stepping out of your comfort zone. Because there were a lot of like, I mean, sitting in a room with a pregnant woman, discussing her handing her child to you, like, those are big uncomfortable moments and conversations. And so just having the courage to step out in that faith and having the patience to wait and let it all happen in God's timing and in His just perfect way of designing and doing things. And one of my favorite things is when we finally decided, okay, you know, this isn't going to happen through us, and we're going to pursue adoption. That was in February. We went to the adoption, um, like, first meeting, whatever, where they explain the process. And then we got Eden in November, which was exactly nine months later, which is the time it takes to conceive a child and have a child. And so I just always thought that was so beautiful that, you know, from the moment we started until we got it, it's like I went through that growing and birthing process of getting a child. Yeah. And then you have
1: one. Yeah, and I mentioned it earlier already, but uh, James uh, one twenty seven uh, talks about how um, religion that our God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless as this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself being polluted by the world. You know, Eden <clears throat> and Addy were not orphans and that they had didn't have any family or any parents, but they were someone that needed help. Um, they were someone who needed to be taken care of. And I think, um, you know, there's lots of other verses that talk about adoption and, uh, God being the father to the fatherless and, you know, uh, grafting this into his family and, and just the beautiful picture of that. He wants all people to be in his family and, and no matter what we're coming from and where we're going or, uh, what's going on, like he's called his people to, to reach out, um, to be someone who is, um, welcoming in strangers and um, caring for those who need to be cared for. Um, and so uh, I, I love the book of James for one. And, and so that, that verse always sticks out in my mind in that if you have opportunity to um, provide any sort of service, whether it's adoption or just, you know, uh, a gift basket, whatever it is, like you, you're providing uh, for someone's needs. I think we're, we're called to do that because we're supposed to, again, love neighbors as ourselves and so um we would want people obviously to help to help us if we have a need and if we have that and children are very dependent upon the people around them and Eden and Addie were uh just birthed and they needed someone to be taking care of them so um we we listened to that that calling that God had put on, on our hearts to to help those who we had an opportunity to help um and it can be scary, uh, but we know it was the right thing. It was definitely, as Leah said, the, the timing of things, all the little things that, that added up or that, that came along um, during the process, we just knew God's hand was in it, and we're thankful that he, he used us to provide a home for them. So
2: I think this also applies to our birth moms too. Um, it does. I mean, they, they are swimming in distress in, in this mm-hmm. world that is full of evil. Um, And now we're connected forever, permanently, to these women. And while I have this beautiful relationship with Eden's birth mom and that we communicate, um, we're Facebook friends, um, I don't, unfortunately, have that with Addie's birth mom. Um, we've, We've lost touch and I don't know where she is, but I have prayer. And I cover these women in constant prayer. And I believe that that is going to make a difference in their lives. I may not get to see it, and I may not be the direct person that God uses, but I'm going to pray for those people that he's going to send. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just reaches so much further beyond us and these children. It's just this whole family unit that is different and to the world seems like it's impossible you know how can how can you make this work but it does because god works everything mm-hmm. out in um in crazy beautiful ways that mm-hmm. don't make sense but yet they do
0: My family absolutely loves movies, but of course we don't love the bad language, gory violence, and sexuality depicted in so many movies. One scene or a handful of profanities can make it so we just won't watch that movie. That's why we love VidAngel. Believe it or not, the VidAngel app allows us to filter our movies and television shows. We connect our Amazon, Netflix, or Apple Plus account to VidAngel, and then we can filter the shows and movies through VidAngel. It allows us to customize our settings so that if we wanted to on a certain show, we could remove all the bad language, but none of the violence. We can set the filters however we want them. My family has used VidAngel for years, but now you can help support Radically Christian and try VidAngel for free for 14 days. Just go to radicallychristian.com slash vidangel. radicallychristian.com slash vidangel. I hope you enjoy it as much as we do. Okay, thanks for listening. Now back to our Bible study. The tagline and the motto of this podcast is that we want to learn to love like Jesus. And I have to say that as you guys were talking, it's obvious that that you are loving like Jesus. You are loving your children. And I love the fact that you brought up loving their birth mothers uh, like Jesus. And, and I I want to tell y'all and I don't tell you enough how much you inspire me uh, to love better. And I love the way that you love your family and you set such a tremendous example of Christian love. So let's talk a little bit about the decision to adopt. You talked a little bit about why why adoption was a, an option and the route that you went. But as far as your faith and scripture itself, how did that shape your decision to go this route?
1: Like I said, we have a history and family members of adoption. And so it's something that was just, it was talked about. It wasn't, you know, some secret thing. Um, And, you know, I think my family and Leah's family, we both uh, were told and, and encouraged, you know, to, if we have opportunity to help those uh, that need help and to love those that may not have uh, people loving them to, to do that uh, again. And, and so, um, you know, as, as Lee mentioned, as you, as you mentioned, it's not just the, the children, Eden and Addie needed love, but also their birth moms and the whole process. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that. There's um, organizations um, that you know, provide services and, and connections for us and, and people that want to adopt. And, um, you know, that's the church family. We're doing things together. Um, we are, are helping each other. Um, and we're thankful that, again, that we have the opportunity. And so I think we have to listen to to what God is uh, calling us to do and, and step out in faith and realize that it is scary, but that, you know, the, the Holy Spirit wants us to, to show love, to um, to bring people in and and, and give them a, a better life. If you know, we're not perfect people, and we we mess up, and we're, we're um, parents who don't always do our best. Um, some days are a lot better than others, and, and there's challenges, and but it's also just a huge blessing, and knowing that you know we're, we're following what God is calling us to do, and and faith in action. Again, going back to James, like you just you do it because God is calling you to do it, and, and you love those because He loved us, and you know, it's just—it's a beautiful picture.
2: Um. Yes, and for me, this is going to sound kind of crazy, but this was probably the, going back to the beginning and from the start of our fertility journey. It was probably one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. Um, And the only way that makes sense is I think about Paul and his teachings and his writings and that you consider it pure joy when you face these troubles and trials because going through all of that brought me to my knees and my relationship with God and my communication with Him just grew and grew daily Um, because this was something that I couldn't fix um i can't make myself get pregnant and have children only god can and i knew that i knew he was the giver of life and i knew he was the healer of all wounds so it was clinging to his words and this truth that i held fast to knowing he is faithful he is good he loves me and he knows the desires of my heart he knew how i was created he knew the kind of life I desired to have. And he knew I wanted to raise these children to be followers of him and pursuers of him. Um, so it was just letting go of, you know, we all have this idea of how life is going to look and we all have this perfect picture in our head. Every, everyone does of X, Y, Z, and it's letting go of that and it's letting go of your fear and just, I said this earlier, but like jumping off a cliff in blind faith and trusting that God is going to give you wings and he's going to carry you to where you need to be Um, because it was scary. It was really scary to just let go. And um, when you go into adoption, like you're giving up this idea you're letting go of this one idea and this one path and you're trusting this new one that is going to have all these little, what's the word? I'm Like extra paths and just hardships just. and yeah, so many things that can change and so many things that can go wrong or right and it was such a, just a surrender and a faith and trusting in his goodness and trusting that he works all things together for our good. And um yeah, it was scary, but at the same time, I'm so thankful that I, I went through all of this hand in hand with God and that I just have this trust in him and this lack of fear now that I don't think I would have had had we not experienced such loss and heartache and surrender.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. Let me ask you this. I I know that for every parent, regardless of how they become a parent with with grace, with your oldest, with your biological daughter, I'm sure that there were things that you experienced and learned about God. Through that experience, through having a child and and through being a parent and and raising her, but then I imagine there's a a whole different set of of lessons and experiences and understandings that that you gain about God based on parenting through adoption i, I there are things about God that I understand now as a parent that I never understood before, and I imagine that you have a unique insight on some aspects of theology, aspects of who God is based on being an adoptive parent, because in a way, in not in a way, but in a very literal sense, God is an adoptive parent to us in, in the church as Christians. And so talk about that if you would. What have you gained as far as theological insights to who God is. And you've talked about this a little bit already, Leah, but but what do you understand now about God based on this experience that you might not have understood before?
2: Yeah. I, becoming a parent for the first time, I think we finally start to grasp that unconditional love of God because mm-hmm. it is such a natural thing for when a child is born and you hold that newborn baby for the first time. I mean, that's how I felt with Grace. She was It like I loved her I would have laid down my life for her in a split second, in a heartbeat Um, but then the adoption journey looks different and I'm really thankful really thankful for the people that helped prepare me for this journey and that confirmed the emotions that go with that because being at the hospital you know when we were there when Eden was born and I first hold her it's different, but that's okay, and I'm thankful people told me that before experiencing that. That that is okay, because it very much I'm holding a precious baby, and it's a sweet innocent child, and you love them. But I, I, it was I was holding someone else's child, and I'm there with the birth mom, and I'm watching them bond and interact, and then she hands her to me, and I feed her a bottle, and 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 so. Going through that and then um, when we brought Eden home, one night I'm holding her and I'm giving her a bottle and I just start telling her the story of how badly I wanted her and everything we went through to get her and just opening myself up to that. I think I started to understand how much God loves everyone. Even those not in the body of Christ, even those that live outside of our church and world, he loves them because I had the capacity to knock down all these walls and to love Eden's birth mom and to love Eden just as holy and just as purely as I love myself, as I loved grace, as love. I can still love grace. Love grace. Um, I just, I, I think my understanding of God's capacity to purely love everyone is so different. And I think it's made me better at seeing the broken or seeing people that live differently from me and not seeing them as a bad person or as um, evil, but they're trapped in evil. Um, They're stuck in sin. It's allowed me to kind of separate the person from the, the bad. Um, which I think that's what God does. He sees us as His creation, as made in His image. Um, so, it, yes, I would say adoption just kind of opened my eyes up to this whole world of purely, genuinely lay-down-my-life love for someone that's outside of kind of the natural order of, of how God set up the world um, in the family unit. And I know it's possible because I've done it, and I, so I know anyone can genuinely, purely love someone to the point of giving your life.
1: Um, I think you know something that was um, reiterated and, and again, exemplified through this process is is the idea of um, redemption and selflessness, um, redemption and that. You know, God can take any situation and and, and turn it for something good um, I mean we see that uh, time and time again with the Israelites and the prophets and the judges and you know um, God making things um, the way that they should be uh, even through you know a person's choices being bad but the the selfless act of, of these birth moms giving up. Um, their child so that they can be taken care of by someone else is, is really, really challenging. And so again, that, the idea that God can make anything, um, any, any bad situation into something good. He can turn any anything that's been, uh, again, just soaked with sin and, and, um, turning into something that is, that's beautiful and, and, and redeemable and, uh, that nobody is too far gone. Nobody is, is, um, Doing things that that God says, no, nah, I'm good. You're, I'm not going to handle. Well, I, I can't handle what you're going through. Uh, like he's he's not that. He's not that God. God can handle whatever. Uh, he's he's big enough, um, and we just have to get out of the way so that He can work through us uh, to you know, just be part of what He's doing. Um, and it's just yeah, it's a beautiful picture.
0: Yeah. Amen. Well, Leah when you were talking about bringing Eden home and telling her that story, I couldn't help but think that that was for her, her gospel story. Like that was her good news about how she was loved even before she was known. She was loved and she was desired and and you had a plan for her and then you brought her into your family and how that models the the good news story that we get to experience and hear every Sunday and every day of the of our life that, that we were known and desired and loved even before we were born, that God had this plan to bring us into his family. That's what the book of Ephesians is all about, is how even the Gentiles, even those of us that were far away from the promises of God, God had this plan and desire for us to be part of his multi-ethnic family. And and we do, to your point earlier, we, we look different and we come from different backgrounds and different nationalities. And ethnicities, and he brings us into this family, and we know that we are we are loved, and we are adopted, and and Kyle, to use your word, redeemed. That I've I've learned here recently that that word redeemed means that God is acting as a kinsman; he's acting as a relative to do what a relative is supposed to do to bring back the person who is estranged. And that's what he has done for us, even though he was under no obligation, especially to those of us that are Gentiles and outside of the family of Israel. And he's acted as our kinsman redeemer. And that's what you have done for your daughters. And And just like marriage is this image of the gospel of the love and commitment and submission of Jesus and the church— your your family is also this picture of the gospel. And so thank you for letting those of us who know you see that every day, but, but letting uh, all those that are listening to this podcast see that, that our families can be a picture of the good news that Jesus has brought to us. So let me ask you this as we kind of wrap up. What's the primary thing that you wish Christians understood about adoption? I imagine there are lots of myths and misunderstandings and things that you wish that, that you could help people to understand about adoption. And, and maybe you might cover more than one thing, but, but at least what's the primary thing that you wish your brothers and sisters in Christ understood about adoption?
2: Um, probably that it takes nothing special, nothing unique Um, to do it. We are ordinary, broken, floundering in the water parents trying to figure this out just like the rest of you. Um, It just takes a willingness to step outside of your comfort zone um, and just a trust that God's going to walk you through the unknown. Um, And also, with adoption comes trauma. And trauma looks different. Um, I'm learning that for each kid. Um, And so if you know parents who are raising children through adoption or through foster care, whether permanent or temporary, um, tell them they're doing a good job. (laughs) Hold their hands. Um, Don't cast judgment on the, the way trauma manifests and the way parenting has to look different at times and has to happen um, and just help them <laughs> offer support and encouragement. I mean, even for anyone raising children, they doesn't even have to be foster and adoptive parents. It's hard. It is a hard job. Um, and so just if we could all encourage each other through that and support each other through that instead of, Um, casting judgment and opinions and just enveloping it all in love and support. And that would be my encouragement.
1: I think uh, one of the things that people, um, believe about adoption is that it's not for everybody or that they, they can't do it or it's not something that, you know, um, it's only for superhumans or whatever. I don't know. I do believe that, you know, God has called us to all do different things. And so um, just because you can't or 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 don't feel called to or, or not able to adopt a child or even foster a child doesn't mean you can't get in the process. And so, like Leah said, encourage those people. So, again, if you know people that are doing or um, in the process of adopting or have adopted children or in foster system or or even them, themselves have been in those situations, uh, adopted or fostered, um, you can still get involved. You can become a child advocate. You can, again, pray for them. You can um, you know, provide respite care uh, in that you are you know, giving them a break. Um, and you know, there, there may be opportunities um, around your area or in your church or whatever that you can, uh, um, can help and provide support. Um, and we definitely have felt that we have definitely benefited from the support of people around us and very thankful for that. And so um, just because you are not in a position to foster or adopt a child doesn't mean that you can't get involved and can't help. I think there are there are lots of ways to do that. We just have to be willing to, uh, again, step out of our comfort zone, um, uh, surrender to, to what God is calling us to do. Because I do think he has called all believers in him to take care of those, uh, who are in need. Um, and children being uh, definitely in need and, and, there's opportunities that we can, um, pursue so that we can help in lots of different ways. So.
2: I also, I can't tell you how many times when people find out our children are, um, adopted or brought to us through adoption, they'll say, Oh, I thought about that one time or, I wanted to adopt and just never did. Um, If you feel that nudge or that calling, I just implore you to take a leap. There are so many children and birth moms and families that need you. And I just, I long for the day when every child has a Christian home to belong to. And a family that loves them. um, And that tells them who Jesus is. Because these kids are all going somewhere. Yeah. Um, why not into a believing home that's going to teach them about Jesus?
0: Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you both for this conversation. Thank you for loving your children so well. Thank you for loving my children so well and, and for the work that you do at McDermott Road. I love and appreciate both of you. And I'm so thankful for the, the wonderful example that you are of the gospel in action.
1: Thank thank you, you. Wes. Appreciate it. And, you know, everything that you do is a blessing as well. And you tell uh, everybody at McDermott Road every Sunday how much you love and appreciate them. We love and appreciate you and your family as well.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Christian Bible Study Podcast. If you have just a moment, we would love for you to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening. It really does help people find this content. I also want to thank the guests who join me each week, Travis Polly, who edits this podcast, Beth Tabor, who often volunteers her time to transcribe it, and our whole McDermott Road Church family, who make it possible for us to provide this Bible study for you. Now, let's go out and love like Jesus.